And now, this week's edition of Big Face with your host, Samantha Jane Tilton. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Face. I'm your host, Sammy Jane, and my guest today, Chuck Staten. Yes. I can, hello. I cannot call you one thing yet, so I'm actually going to read this because he is okay. unbelievably does so many more things that I could have imagined. So mm-hmm. Chuck is a comedian and a filmmaker. He does the Chuck and Brad podcast that they also do live um, with the same Brad from the podcast. Yep. You do film work for the Tell Him Steve Dave podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's also a writer for Providence Monthly, Motif Magazine, and The Bay Magazine. Yep. And is a singer and guitarist for the band Senior Discount. That's true. Did I, that's did I true. get that all? Yes, that's it. That's that's everything, I think. I was I'm like- a picture painter. Put that. I'm not really an amateur. Player. I was like, are you really? I was like, that's, this is too much, man. You know, I just had to learn how to kind of film with puppets though. So I'm sort of getting into puppeteering a little bit. Really? Yeah. That's my, that's my most recent project that came out yesterday. Um, uh, but yeah, so for the first but time. Can you share what it is? Are you loud or no? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, so I worked for the podcast, tell them Steve, Dave, which is uh, two of the guys from the TV show, comic book men. It's Walt and Brian. And one of the guys from the show in practical jokers, Quinn. Right. And uh, they have a really successful Patreon. Um, And what their deal is, basically, they release a project every week. It's usually a video at the $10 tier, and that comes out as audio for the $5 tier. Um, And the most recent thing was a Hanukkah special with one of the people involved. And uh, what happened was, you know, we're all, since we have to do 52 new projects a year, it's a lot of responsibility to come up with these videos. And I was at yard sale and I saw a Czechoslovakian puppet set for 20 bucks and they were all hand carved puppets and it was like a what? stage and all these backgrounds and i texted walt and i'm like let's get this and we'll, we'll do a project with it and, and my pitch originally i think was a few of them come up with their own versions of stories but he settled on one story and so i went up and i filmed a couple of things with them like two weeks ago and then i had to come home with the puppet set and film like basically one of the guys was tasked with writing a traditional fairy tale for hanukkah Okay. So I had to come home, set up the set up the stage. What's a traditional had- fairy tale for Hanukkah? That's just <laughs> we were just watching an episode of the Goldbergs, and and they were tasked with writing a fun new Hanukkah song, which was yeah. impossible. No, that's that's pretty much the same. <laughs> so basically, think of it as two different things. He had to write a traditional <laughs> fairy tale, and it had to tie into Hanukkah. So okay. for the first time, I had to film like puppets, and we set up a three camera setup, and I got my girlfriend Gina and my buddy Brad. And I was like, let's go. And we kind of went to the narration and we had to film this whole thing with like, it was, a, it was a long, it was a long, it was a lot, but that's okay. It's all done. I think it came out awesome. I'm hearing a lot of positive reviews. Oh, I want to see cool, that. I'll send it to you. One of the things that's cool about the Tell em Steve Dave community is like, they have like a lot of listeners and a lot of active listeners. So yeah. every time a project comes out, the big Reddit thread will come up about it and everyone will comment on it. On Twitter, they'll talk to you. On Patreon, they'll talk to you. So we got a ton of feedback. 100% positive amazing. and it was great but yeah but no I'm not gonna get into puppeteering I was just joking <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work man I I cast a, a commercial once uh no no no. sorry it was a kids television show and yeah. I was part of the casting and mm-hmm. the people that came in to work with the puppets and stuff I was like it's fascinating they were auditioning to be the you know the main role and it's like wow yeah, like these were, these were like miniature marionettes <laughs> it was very strange very strange yes. project yeah. But now you have that under your belt, as well as those 9,000 other things that you do. Exactly. That's how I look at it. You're collecting <laughs> skills so that you can be thrown into situations and kind of, you know, do whatever, whatever the situation calls for. We kind of talked about that. So Chuck and I met briefly. Um, Chuck was recently on my boyfriend, John's podcast, Spectacular Show. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you work in the field entertainment. All right, you're coming on. Like, And Chuck was awesome, even when I met him. So we're happy to have him. That's happy and- to yeah, I'm so happy you're here. And oh, but people are going to, you know what, since I don't usually do video podcasts, they're going to see my secret that I sniff this the whole time. You know what this is? So one it's, of those vapor rub things? It's an Olga's inhaler. I don't know if it's going to show it. It's an Olga's I, inhaler and it helps. What's Olga's? I don't know. I used to use the vapor rub ones. But this one is yeah. like stronger. Actually, is Ray it? Harrington, Ray Harrington uh, introduced me to this. Our buddy, our mutual friend. Yes. So Ray Harrington, if you guys remember, was on my podcast as well. Yeah. I forgot what episode he was. I yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you that story what happened with Ray's episode. We were just talking 
Chuck and I just had so much te technical difficulty, like oh, yeah. getting this happening, but we got yeah. it. We made it. Ray Harrington, just so you know, he's hilarious. He's on my podcast all the time, the Chuck and Brad podcast. He's on. We just got an email from someone who was like, <laughs> I hate Ray Harrington. Why do you have him on? Yeah, no. Love everybody. He's a piece of shit. I love your podcast and I'll be listening to every episode going backwards and forwards that he's not on. No joke. No, no exaggeration. That's what they said. And what? I told Ray and I thought he was going to cry. And uh, I was like, Ray, you know, you can't, you know, you got to be confident in yourself, you know, yeah. who knows this? but it was tough. It was a tough pill for him to swallow. Did he, so did he, he, he's just, you know, he, he has that sensitive side. He, oh so he, yeah. he took that in. Yeah. Oh yeah. He didn't like it as, as he's very tall and as tall as he is, like, that's how much of a pussy he is. It's the same percentage. He's a, we had a great conversation <laughs> on my <laughs> show. Get a big nod. You're like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm like, you're not a pussy. You're not a pussy. I, but he's a softy. He's got, he's got, he's got too. that. I am too. So I'm, I'm, you know, we're, we're in a club together. Yeah. You know? Dude, I know that's what him and I, he's like, this felt like a therapy session. Cause we were just kind of diving in. Yep. Um, I know. Dude, that's, that's a interesting takeaway of Ray Harrington that somebody had. I know. I don't know if I need to get my teeth fixed. Holy shit. I always wonder, I had braces when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, actually, my bottom teeth are like perfectly straight, but man, I have that gap. I don't know what to Dude, do. Jesus. I have a, so I love that. I never tell anybody this, but I always had a huge space. I had braces. If I didn't have a permanent like little wire across my first four teeth, yeah. uh, I would have had a space again. They had to do that because even though I wore my retainer, if I missed it for a day, no matter how long, I got the space. It's crazy. Cause like, yeah, I, I, I that's the thing is I didn't wear the retainer. I should have worn the retainer. It's crazy because my, my teeth are really good. I've never had a cavity and on my podcast. Shut up. I never had a cavity in my life. I told this story in the podcast. My dentist said I was the best patient in his practice. I had the best teeth in the whole practice. How about that? Recently, as an adult. No. Yeah. But, you know. But. Got a, lot of, a lot of crazy kooky shapes in that top jaw. Oh, my God. Really? I, I See, guess your so. teeth look nice. I don't think so. I don't know. I have the gap. I don't like the gap. I used to think it was all right, but now I feel like I'm getting to Chris Rock territory. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. You know what's crazy, though? We wore braces when we were kids. Like, nowadays, there's Invisalign. You That's were like, it's mm -hmm. my friend is doing that, and she has nice teeth, but yeah, she never wore her retainer. You wear that Invisalign thing, and you're golden. Yeah, I know. I know. But By the way, does say, everyone who's watching yeah. this like my background? It's a discarded laptop bag, like a, a road, a road mixing board box. That's obviously I, I grabbed it in a hurry, in a, in haste, and just like a blue room with a black square behind my black, my black hair. It's kind of like a like a weird pilgrim hat, a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, I do like your setup. Actually, that's, especially when you got up, you couldn't hear me before when we were testing stuff. But I was like, yeah. I like your chair. I love your chair. Oh yeah, the this, this so at my parents' house because my house, right? One time ago, I had a house fire burned down, right? Oh damn! I rebuilt it, but I rebuilt this big open floor plan, which is awesome. Except my office is in my living room, and so doing Skype and Zoom, which I really didn't do until the coronavirus, right? It's just so open that other people, my dog, all these people are in my house, so it's like I can't do it there. So I got to come to my parents' house at the street and do it here. There's no like off the side room or anything it's pretty all open no we have we have a big open we have an open living room which yeah. to an open kitchen got and, it which is like a dining room as well then That's upstairs so nice. three bedrooms and downstairs is a bathroom another bed another bathroom upstairs but yeah no private rooms i can go in my bed and do it but i wouldn't i would just slide and slide and slide <laughs> so i can't i know what john and i were doing his his episodes the last couple of days for the you know eight days of the goldbergs and mm -hmm. like I started by laying and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, no, you can't do it. You can't lay. Is this, you can't is this, lay. Is my cough. Wait, you blocked out. I was going to say, does my cough button work? Oh, for yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, good. Because I like to clear my throat a lot. <laughs> That's really funny. Real, it totally works. That's that just great, reminds great. me of Frasier. Oh, cough I love button is all Frasier. I wish I had a cough button. That's the only thing I wish the Zoom products had was a cough button. But you have it if you use your mic. This is this is the roadcaster. Oh, the roadcaster. I'm using a roadcaster pro, which is they sent this to me. So I'm very thankful to Rode Microphones. Wow, nice. But it's huge. It's very, very big, has a big bulky block. 
the Zoom devices are as big as an old yes. boy. And you plug them in. You could have it in your pocket if you wanted to. No one would yep. even recording. The road is big, but it does have the uh, the cough button. That's pretty cool. And of course, I got confused. You're like the Zoom, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, but hey, Zoom, you could just me. I know. How did this happen? That I know that there was the Zoom audio devices, and then a company making uh, audio FaceTime software for companies is like, let's call it Zoom too. That won't confuse anybody. No, not at all. And especially that they're both technology. No, we're good to go. This is never yeah. going to get uh, yeah. you know problematic. Yeah, so right. funny. Yeah. So wait. Um, that's, I'm still, I can't even believe that I'm, I'm still, uh, fascinated about the Ray, the Ray email. Now I want to ask you, now I ask you, um, can you see where this person is coming from at all? Is there, is there an air that, that Ray has when he's on the show? Yeah. You know, what there's a, <laughs> we got a combination of a couple of things going on. Yeah. One of them is that Ray really is a little dismissive. Uh, and he doesn't know that he think he I think that in his mind, if he sees this, he's going to pout and he's going to cry. But he thinks that his opinion is like uh, ultimate. Like if he's like, you got to watch this thing, you got to watch. this. Uh -huh. No, it's great. And you'll say to him, you got to watch this TV show. You'll say it back to him and he'll go, no, I'm good. Like he'll say stuff like, oh, that, that would drive me nuts. He does that to me. He's done that. My We've brother does that. He's on an episode where we talk about paranormal activity. I'm like, oh man, I'm like I know it took the world by storm. So you thought like, oh, everyone's watching it, so whatever. I'm like, it's actually a really well done small indie film. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, I'm good. And I, you can't do that to him. I think he'd be like, what? So I think that there is that level of automatic. He thinks okay, he's here. People is here in terms of opinions of like stuff yeah, like yeah. Secondly, <laughs> this is where I take some blame. I put him in a corner, and he knows it. He doesn't like it. I'll be like, like, hey, Ray, did you love uh, the new Avengers movie? And he hates that I say that because if he didn't <laughs> love it, then it sounds like he doesn't like it. He'll be like, no, I didn't love it. I thought it was pretty good. And I'll be like, well, why don't you love it? And he doesn't like being put in that corner. He's told me that. So those two things working together, they make him seem a little bit dismissive. That's and you, But you like, continuously do it on purpose? You know what? <clears throat> it's not artificial. I Even it's funny because I think about like my voice when we podcast, yeah. what I what I bring to the table. And it's, I just feel like maybe I'm bipolar. I don't know, but I feel so in touch with things that make me happy. I'm so much more excited. Like when they announced they were going to make a, like a, they were going to redo the DuckTales video game from the eighties. I teared oh, they up. They are? They did. They did a couple of years ago. I didn't I, know that. John, John must know that. He definitely knows it. Uh, I teared yeah. up when it happened. When I found out that news, I teared up because I got so excited. And I think that I'm in touch with this. <laughs> <laughs> like exuberance for movies and games and TV and comic books. Yeah. And all these different things. And I'm so excited. So I'm on the podcast every week and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe they announced this. They're gonna they're gonna remake Saw starring Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock, <laughs> which is true. They're remaking Saw with Samuel Jackson and Chris Rock. What? From the book of Saw. And I'll be all excited. Damn. I'll be so excited. And my my podcast partner, Brad. He's yeah. a little bit more like, um, okay. Like he's a little bit more laid back. Subdued, yeah. So, so automatically I'm excited. I'm very excitable. I'm so, yeah. I'm like, oh, I love Jurassic World. Do you see the ending where the Raptor and the T-Rex teamed up and they killed the new dinosaur? And Ray is like a lot more hard to please and a little jaded. And so when I put him in that corner, that, yeah. it's not because I'm like, oh, I'm going to jab him in the corner. It's because I come from a place where I'm like, did you love the new Avengers movie? Cause I love the new Avengers movie. Right. It's so all, you're in your, you're in your path. And so it's yeah. not about putting him in a corner. It's about you being in your corner fully. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's just that my corner takes up so much of the room that there's only a corner, a little tiny corner left for Ray. So he has to be there. It's my fault. It's my fault. Uh, you know what? It, it makes for interesting podcast. Look, you got a really, really nasty email about Ray. So, no, so. He, he hated it. Oh, did he hate it? Oh, uh, he that's tough. Yeah. Because, because I don't know if you're like this, but as a, a creative or as a performer, always like, I, I swear to God, I just interviewed somebody recently yeah. and it was so much, and this is a constant conversation. Like, did I say too much? Oh, how yeah. did that look? I had to, and so, especially when we're so in our heads, that's gotta be like, oh shit, you know? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because coming into Tell Him Steve Dave, to Tell Him Steve Dave, the podcast started in like 2010, I think. And they have like 100,000 listeners, something like that. Wow. And so coming into that, I was on the show a couple of years ago for the first time when I was first working with the guys. And right away you get so much more feedback 
And no one's ever been really critical of my film work that I do for them. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on the podcast sometimes or when I've done stuff with them, people have come at me. I've gotten pages of personal messages, like DMs of like, like I, like I interviewed Walt from the show one time. He was on my yeah. I got pages of DMs from a guy who was like, why didn't you come at him with any hard questions? Why didn't you challenge him with this? You should have done this. And people like saying I'm a dick. There's been a lot of critical uh, comments about me on their, on their Reddit specifically. So it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit tough. It's tough times. How do you, how does it, does it affect you the way it did Ray? Like, does it affect you? Oh my God. Dead times is bad. I don't don't like it. it. You know, it's weird because like if something, if someone listened to a podcast we did. Yeah. And I messed up or, or something got messed up and there was an audio quality issue or there was this, I'm totally down for constructive criticism or even yes. on the Patreon, we do all these video projects. If they're like, well, I'd love to see more of this, or I wish there was less of this or whatever, that kind of stuff that actually can lead to a change or seems constructive. Right. But when they're like, I don't like this guy, like someone I was on, I was, I was doing uh, someone was talking about me on the Reddit that I saw recently. And someone else was like, I don't like that guy. He doesn't stay in his lane. And that means like I should be doing one thing, I guess, and You're not right. doing things or something. Like I should just be doing video and I shouldn't do other things. And he was like, I've seen his social media and he promotes a lot of his own projects all the time. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's what it's for. What are you doing? Yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you? And I commented back to the guy and I challenged him and he of course had nothing to say, but um, yeah, that kind of stuff bothers me a lot. I can't yeah. get out of my head about it. I hate it when people are criticizing me, when people don't like me. I want to write them a 10 page email. I want to, I want to explain to them why they should. (laughs) Yeah. I have two feelings. Kind of. I want to like grab them in a headlock and like give them some quick jabs to the nose. Some to the teeth teeth look like mine, but I also take them and be like, well, here's who I am. I want to spend a great day with them and, and show them all the things that I love and make them fall in love with me as a human. I don't know what to do with it, but that's it. That's I, I, I'm kind of, I'm so torn that I do nothing. And I just, I get, I get like defensive. If somebody like says something or whatever, it's mostly, I, I do it to myself, but yeah. I'm like, I'm like kind of in like, or even out loud to like John, I'll be like, well, fuck them. I'm blah, blah, blah. like, and I'll be like so angry about it. And then also I'm just like, I want to be like, but you don't know why I'm like that. It's because of this, but I try really hard. I've yeah, done a lot of self-reflection. Uh, it's, probably, it's probably similar. That's probably very <laughs> similar actually. Both of those things. I hear you. I'm with you. It's, it's so, yeah, man, it's a hard thing. And you know what? People out there, if you're not in a performer or if you don't consider yourself a creative, gotta cut people some slack. It's so hard to put yourself out there, I think. I really do. Yeah, I was listening to, I don't know if you saw it. It's actually really cool. Netflix just put up a video on YouTube for free yesterday and it's David Spade and Jerry Seinfeld just having a conversation. And it's it's, it's on Netflix? Free. It's on YouTube. Netflix, Netflix filmed it and produced it and they put it up on YouTube for free. Really? Not, so just search, you know, David Spade, Jerry Seinfeld. And it's just them having a, a talk about comedy, which is really interesting because those two people come from really different places. You know, David Spade, we all think of starting at like, you know, the mid 90s SNL right. stuff into the Adam Sandler world. And just as Seinfeld, you, you think of it as Seinfeld. Right. But they have this big conversation about comedy. And Jerry said, everyone who gets up on stage, I love. Everyone who gives it a shot, I love. Like, you know, you can, we can make fun of people. That's fun. Yep. You joke around, whatever. He goes, but everyone who gives it a shot, I love. And that's how you should feel, I think. That's well said. Really right. well said. It's well, a- don't give me, don't say to me, tweet at Jerry. That's a- <laughs> you know? What up, Jerry? Ready for that. I got you. <laughs> well, I don't want to do that. I have another idea. <laughs> I, have a, I have an idea. It's a show about nothing. Listen, it's, it's really, really good. Um, that, wow, you, you're on it, man. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> No, you know, it's funny. I agree with him. I agree with him, though. Yeah, because, yeah. dude, even when somebody sucks, if they audition for me, like, I'm like, first of all, they may not always suck. Like, you, peop, anything you're doing is in some phase of your development, whether it's the beginning or close to the end. So you don't know. And also, hell yeah, the fact that you came in and like, even if you were shitting your pants, you did it. That's right. a lot of people make fun of people for doing things because they don't have the balls to do it themselves. I think so too. I mean, that's a big part of it that makes me a little bit like salty. It was where you want to say like, well, could you, you know, if you're someone's criticizing you when you actually do something, it's like, well, how have you put yourself out there? How have you applied to self yourself to something 
And are you incapable of that? And that's kind of a big question that, you know, it's almost seems too deep and too mean to come back at someone with. Uh, But I think that that's at the root of a lot of this, like very aggressive criticism. When someone comes at someone who's doing something, it's a little tough. Um, And that's actually what, with the guy that DMs me like a page of his feelings, I kind of came at him and I was like, you know, I'm choosing to do things this way that I'm doing them. Why would I listen to you? What are you, what are you doing? And, and, and I, I, I was open to a real answer. Cause you yeah. know, if, if he's right, then he's right. His, you know, and, and to be specific, he was kind of like, you're never going to get anywhere doing interviews with people that aren't confrontational. And I said, I think that's most of what interviews are. I don't think most of them are conversation confrontational. I go, do you know a long form podcast where they have a guest on and they confront them about anything? I, yeah. <laughs> one. And the most famous interview shows are not like that. And uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, and and to, for, the, for the audience who doesn't know who I am, I don't really do an interview podcast. My podcast is more like uh, it's called the Chuck and Brad podcast. And we're yeah. kind of, we, we tackle movies, comedy, TV, comic books, video games, just the world. And also the stories that we kind of bring to the table from taking part in that world. Like whether it's me yeah. filming with Tell Him Steve Dave or playing shows with my band or writing or whatever. It's almost like the idea of media from the viewpoint of people that are kind of like ground level, like scraping it out and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's Which about you- our relationship and stuff like that. But it, sometimes we, so we do interviews once in a while. Yeah. I'll tell them Steve Dave guys. It was almost like we did that because coronavirus is tough and it's like it's it's paused so much of our live performance and our experiences so i was like oh let me do a series with the tell them steve dave guys and we did six interviews with them all the guys uh to kind of get the whole history of the show but that's not our show isn't typically an interview show yeah it's you know it's you seem like a (laughs) based on that you work with all these different things and different people you seem like a very collaborative kind of creative person yeah Yeah, it's very fun definitely i love that yeah a lot not a lot of people not every person does a lot yeah. of people have their ideas that's that's that and they like john and i actually just talked about this when the hell oh on on his so i just interviewed john for my podcast mm-hmm. dude that guy got the most views of any episode <laughs> i've ever he's mooning me right now <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I, like i'm like good for you man but like we were talking about how lucky people are at whatever stage they find, like they're collaborative people. It's kind of like we were saying, it's kind of like finding a soulmate. It's kind of like finding the love of your life. Like it's, there's, you click with people or you don't. And when you find people that you click with and you, you're, it's collaboration and it's not ego, it's yeah. the best. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's really tough. I mean, I definitely am someone who I wish could uh, delegate more Mm-hmm. but totally. I mean, me and my buddy, Brad, who do the, we do the podcast. We also yeah. do live comedy shows together um, where we do it like, you know, in a place where you traditionally see stand-up comedy. Yeah. But we do like nights where we're on stage together the whole time, kind of doing bits, a little bit of improvisational humor together, stuff like that. Um, and he's one of those people for me, certainly. But then when it comes down to like the nitty gritty technical stuff, I definitely yeah. micromanager. I feel bad about it, but that's the that's- truth. <laughs> Do you, you seem like you, you're aware. I don't know. I don't know if you make the changes to change those things. Some might be easier to make changes for than others. I'm assuming. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's tough too, because, you know, like I, when we were, when you're doing like video work, video production work, there's a lot of technical aspects to it. So like when I do the work for tell them Steve, Dave, it's really, I was going to ask you. Yeah. So when I go do it, it's, it's really, to be honest, I'm going to film something about doing it because we've never really done anything about the behind the scenes and they're about to move the store. So where we film is the show is where the show comic book man was filmed, which is right. Smith's comic book store, Jay and Silent Bob secret stash. Right. We're about, that's going to, the last day that that store, that location is open is December 27th. So I'll be up. Oh damn. That's so soon. Yeah. I'll be up there and what I do is I, you know, I drive up from Rhode Island. I am in charge of lights. I'm in charge of usually three cameras and I'm in charge of the, of mixing the audio for the whole shoe by myself. It's usually just me. That's Once a lot, a man. When we need uh, moving cameras, when we need a couple of moving cameras, then we mm-hmm. have another guy come in. Um, 
But a lot of times it's just me running three cameras, mixing the audio, doing the lights, everything, and setting up from nothing. I go, I go into the middle of the comic book store and I start setting it up, up an hour before they close. And then we film when they close and I break everything down. That could be setting up a green screen, setting up all the lights, whatever it is. Um, but on the back end, then yeah. you're taking all the video and you're syncing it and you're taking the audio and you're syncing it and you're making these cuts that are very general. And then I put all these overlays on it and all those cuts change. And, you know, there's a yeah. lot of, if you're, if you're making it from the second you start until the second you're done by yourself, it's so much work. Oh, it is so much work. Yeah. Like yeah. for those of you that don't know any of that lingo, just know that yeah. that is an insane amount of work for one person. Yeah, it, it really is. So I try to delegate some of the stuff that's more technical, like my buddy Bilal. Uh, his name is Brian. I call him Bilal, like J-Lo. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, he'll often do my sync for me. So I'll send him the video yeah. and I'll send him the audio and he'll send me back um, a project that's all synced and all. So I can just kind of start editing with everything lined up already. And that'll be helpful. But there's even more stuff that I could do. Like if I had like a, an assistant, I used to have an assistant. Now I don't. I could be like, I need all these different uh, media clips and stuff like that, but I'm doing that hundred percent alone um, now. And, and I always have been my assistant, my assistant never helped me with that stuff. She would just help mm. me with that stuff. But um, yeah, but I, I wish I could delegate more. If I went to go work on a TV show, um, then I would be put into a specific department and my responsibilities would <laughs> be cut into like fifths. You know what I mean? But yeah. for now I'm doing everything by myself. How did you learn how to do all of the stuff that you do specifically uh, video, uh, video equipment, you know, filmmaking, that stuff. Did you go to school for that? The answer <laughs> is that I tell people yes on my resume. And the truth is no, because I have a film degree from Rhode Island College. However, their film degree was 100% history and theory. There was no hands-on oh. film production. So I do have the degree. I did go to school. I have all that stuff. I'm putting a true fact on my resume. Yeah. But they didn't teach me how to do any of the actual video production work. Um, the way I did it was when I was young, like seventh grade, 11, 12, you know, we found a video camera. My buddy, I had a, I had a buddy who was, you ever have that bad friend? He's a bad guy. And you're, oh, I had so I many. Like <laughs> I don't like that guy. Way too many. <laughs> this guy was a real scumbag at 11 years old. And his family... I don't want to say too much, but you know, uh, let's just say their last name could have been scumbag. And uh, his dad ran a limousine service and someone left a video camera in the backseat. And uh, so we started filming with the video camera, but it would just be like one take. We'd like take our favorite songs and we'd like dance in front of the camera and film it. <laughs> and uh, eventually I, that became slowly like, oh, you know, let's film a little action, like a little video with like me and a couple of my friends. And we're just going to do like dumb uh, action stuff. Like I'm going to yeah. throw you out the window and it's going to be a dummy falling out the window, <laughs> stuff like that. Right. Yes. Got into that. Eventually, you know, I had my backyard wrestling phase when I was a young teenager. Um, as ever, as we all do, <laughs> you know what though? It was mostly comedy. It wasn't like you see backyard wrestling now and they're breaking like glass over each other's faces and carving into each other's heads with like screwdrivers. Like that's not, that's not good stuff. <laughs> Very little screwdriver carving. It was mostly like jokes. Remember in one of my matches, I yeah. put a lemon and I, and I put my fingers in it and I poked the other guy in the eyes. And uh, so we started filming that kind of stuff. And then what really kind of pushed it over the edge was, you know, I was doing the short skit stuff and I was doing the wrestling. And when we started my band, we started my band senior discount in about 2004. Okay. And I was like, how do we, yes. And I was like, how do we stand out from other bands? Let's make comedy videos. Uh, we got this big opportunity to play a venue that held 2000 people, but awesome. the responsibility was on us to sell 125 tickets. I said, how are we going to get to people? Let's make a five minute video. That's basically here are the reasons <laughs> you're going to tell us you can't come to the show and we're going to knock <laughs> them all down. Right now this is before Mark. YouTube boom, you know, However yes. many users YouTube has now, yeah, we had one one thousandth of as many as that time. I think YouTube started like around two thousand four, so wow. we were just hosting these video files on our website. We had to buy a server, buy a website, tell people to go to their website address and watch the video. Wow! And people really reacted to it. We we sold all the tickets. We played the show. We started doing videos, 
and between 2004 and let's say 2015-ish, maybe 16 or 17, I guess. No, probably 15-ish. We did about 65 of these videos, you know, over, over the course of like, let's call it, you know, see, let's call it. Yeah. So, so let's call it 11 years. So around, yeah, an average of like six or seven videos a year. Sure. Yeah. So. Wow. They kept getting more and more complicated as time went on. We would do comedy sketches, but we'd yeah. also do pranks and stuff like that. Like for one Halloween, we ran mm-hmm. around, we went around to local pumpkin patches. I'm not proud of this. And we stole like 350 pumpkins one <laughs> and we filled our guitarist room with pumpkins so that when he no. came home, his whole room was filled with pumpkins and that's our funny joke we, turkey, <laughs> we put it in his room for thanksgiving we did a lot of funny stuff we came out with a documentary about the band that was really closer to like a jackass movie with a lot of stunts i got arrested in it and, no uh, oh yeah what is this called and where can i see it i'm, I'm trying to get it wiped from the face of the earth but <laughs> um I got arrested in it and uh, we wow. won best documentary. We won best comedy at a film festival for it. So when you have a documentary that wins best comedy, you know, you get something special. Seriously. No. <laughs> but uh, we were doing that. Eventually what happened was, and so just from doing that and saying every time we film, we're going to film something that's a like, you know, 10% out of our comfort zone and figure it out. 10%, 10%, 10%. By the time it got to be 2016-ish, yeah, I had done so much filming. We had filmed my band live, all this different stuff. I saw that Tell Him Steve Dave, the podcast, was doing yeah. a show at the Gramercy Theater in New York City. And they never do live shows. Walt hates to do live shows. And people were flying in from England for this. So I, I looked and I looked and I looked. I finally found Quinn's manager's email. And I said, I want to come film you guys live at New York, you know, in, in Gramercy Theater in New York. And they, last minute, they hired me to come out. So I got my buddy Brad for my podcast, my girlfriend Gina, obviously yeah. a few people that helped. And we filmed it with the three, three camera angles at the Gramercy Theater. I edited it and we put it out as a Blu-ray. And that's how I started working with them. But by then, I had done enough stuff where I could kind of take that on without any formal training. I just kind of learned, you know? And that's wow. how it's been. But also on top of that, you know, I had to make a lot of flyers over the years with Photoshop for my band. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're not going to do it, who's going to do it? Yep. And we don't have any money, so we're not going to pay someone to do it. Right. So all that stuff kind of helped me learn as well. And now, since I started working with Tell Him Steve Dave in 2016-ish, I've probably done like 70 videos with them. And they're long form, and the demand for the content to be high quality is really high. Um, so I continue to learn every project. So like, let's say I've done, you know, 150-ish film projects total yeah. by now. You know, it's just kind of you, you're, you're forced to learn as you go, I think. Wow. Talk about being a go-getter, man. Like, get it. Like, and that's bold. That's that's bold, man, to be like, we want to film this. Like, we, you know, like, mm-hmm. way, to, way to go after it. And, you know, we spoke briefly when, when you were talking to John and, like, about, like, you started emailing people, like, I'm available for work. I do this. And, and like... Mm-hmm. People didn't get back to you. It could be like a year. You kept emailing. Like you yeah, kept. I, do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't I Honestly, I just, I just got an email from the director. You can't see it. It's the director of the TV show comic book man, who is a big, he's like a, a serious, like industry guy in reality TV. He's working on the history channel right now. We just yeah. met. I love this guy. This guy's name is Brian Nichelle. I love this guy. See, to me, I clicked with this guy and he's one of my, he's one of the people that you meet and you immediately feel kinship with. But we started filming oh, a show awesome. for Patreon, just them, them, the guys, tell them Steve Dave, bringing him in to do a show about the behind the scenes of the TV show Comic Book Man. Every episode, they take an episode, they talk about all the behind the scenes. And this guy, he has been one of the nicest guys in the whole world to me. And he's one of those people that's like, he's like, dude, he's like, I'm so impressed with what you've done. I'm so impressed with what you do by yourself. I'm going to help you. Like, I'm going to help you break into the industry. And like, he's been like super, super nice to me. And, uh, but yeah, so this kind of relationship, this guy's nice. A lot of people out there totally get it. They don't know if they can trust you. They don't know, but yeah, I'll email you until the day you die. If we, if we shake hands once, <laughs> you get an email from me every month for the rest of your life saying like, Hey man, we should work together. We should do something just to be nice. Um, yeah, that's, been, that's kind of been my MO. And I think it probably started with the band because it was about clubs and venues and bands that you're trying to open, you're trying to open for the band, you're trying to play the clubs for the first time. 
and you have to be the person who is there when they need someone. In other words, this is how I think of it. Every time, if, if there's someone who seriously works in some entertainment industry, whether it's yeah. music, film, TV, whatever, at some point they're going to say, oh crap, last minute, we need a guy who can do this. And if they think that, and right then you emailed them and you're capable of doing it, you're the person yeah. that's getting that job because they're going to be able to check that off like, the list and it's not a problem for them. Right? So the only, exactly only way to right. do that is to, is to email them every minute of every day. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you got to be the one <laughs> yeah. who's constantly there. So you got to ride this line of being like, I'm constantly here and I can help, but I'm trying not to bother you too much. Right. It's really tough. It's tough. It, it's walking that line because that's like, I swear to God, I, I've said this recently. I like this. I read this book once and it talks all about like that. A lot of people that are successful, it's not so much that they're more talented than anybody else, but that they have audacity. And so like, that's what that kind of means to me. And for me, it's that line of like, yeah, being bold and being audacious and also feeling annoying and like, don't want to, don't want to. And it's like, it's hard. Dude, I, I, I 100% agree with you. It's very, very difficult. It's, it's so it's hard really to hard. say, I'm going to be this person. I'll give you a great example. Yeah. I always wanted to work with Kevin Smith, the yeah. director. And that's like, since I was like, like, you know, since I started making films, I was very influenced by Kevin Smith when I was like 14, 15. And now I've worked with these Tell Him Steve Dave guys who are, you know, I'm working in his comic book store all the time. Yeah. I know the guys that are that grew up with him and they're his friends and, he, and he, I'm sure he sees my stuff. I know who the head of his company is. So I reach out to her and I'm like, hey, well, I just want to let you know I'm around. I can help out. Yeah, yeah. Six months later, reach out to her. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing. Six months later, reach out to her. Nothing. Six months later. It's going on years, years, right? This time, COVID, Kevin's coming to Jersey. This is a two, three months ago, two months ago. He's doing a drive-in show. Reach out again. I want to help out film this drive-in show. I want to figure it out. She writes me back. Can you be on a phone call in 10 minutes? That's the first time she answered me in years of writing. And, she, and she's like, now, sure. Well, so basically they needed someone. Right. They right. know that I work with people that they trust. Right. And, 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 you know, in, 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 in her defense, it's like, they're usually in LA, like almost all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever the circumstances for this specific thing, they needed someone that maybe fit into my skill level um, or my skill set, I should say. Yeah. And they said, all right, this guy reached out at the right time. Let's see what happens. And I, that was the first time I got hired to work for Kevin Smith. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's and here's, here's my other key. Here's my other key. Whatever they ask you to do, do it. And yep. then do something fucking way, way, way more than they asked. So they're like, we need you to run one camera. Yeah. This drive-in event to run the signal to the drive-in and show the cards, the cars on the screen, you know, the cars yeah. that are there. It's a screen of uh, Kevin and Jay, Jane, Silent Bob. It's for the podcast, Jane, Silent Bob, Get Old. Right. Okay. Set up all my lights, figure out the stage mm -hmm. setup. No one from Kevin's camp is there. I'm figuring out everything beforehand. They're like, we're just going to show up and come out and come on. I'm like, okay, set everything up. <clears throat> then I set, I sent them the setup and they're like, well, how, why do you have three cameras set up? And I'm like, I'm going to film it for a three camera shoot. I'm going to put it together and edit for it. And I'm going to give it to you guys. You guys do whatever you want with it. And they're like, that's amazing. And so now, then they hired me to edit that. And now it's a special <laughs> that they have up on Kevin's website. And so if I had just did what they ask, that would be done. Now, it's like, oh, wow, this guy can really take initiative. This guy can really yep. bring some new value to the table. And he can be trusted to do stuff on his own. Because people who are truly busy and truly successful, they have too much going on to really handle all of it. So they want to have people that they can trust to do great stuff and make decisions and do things for them like that. Yep. So that's what I want it to be. That's, you know, well done, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, and look what, look at what you're doing now. And now you're working with the people that you dreamed of working. Like you're that's. Yeah. It's wow. Fun. Yeah. That's it's, it's, tough, it's tough. Cause I'm sure that so, there's gotta be a couple people throughout the years that are hovering around being like, that guy's so fucking annoying. That guy talks to me all oh. the time. I never answered him. I, never, I don't want to talk to him. Why doesn't he take the hint? This is why. And this is why. But that's the thing is that like, it, I think I have to get more okay with being persistent 
and not because I know this, even like if I'm teaching classes or I do like a forum for casting directors and stuff, yeah. I get, a, you know, all the students that were there, all the people that were there email. And it is very difficult to get back to everyone, especially when things are crazy. And it's not that I don't care. I really do try and get back to every single person because I appreciate them reaching out, but it's difficult. So people that are working in like high stakes, film and television, they don't even have a second. And it's like, it's like, it's not, it's, it's not about you when they don't get back to you. It's not. I know. I think a lot of times it's not. That's what I try to think of. <laughs> I hope. But you guys, the thing is, it's all these people. Like us. So people We're throwing, not annoying. <laughs> there's so many people throwing stuff at them. A lot of times they don't know who they can trust and who they can't. You don't know. When I first reached out to film with Tell Him Steve Dave. Yeah. First person I got to was Walt. And he basically like blew me off. He was like, oh, that's very kind of you to offer. And that's it. And yeah. that makes sense because he doesn't know who I am. He doesn't know right. if I'm going to show up, if my work quality is going to be good. How is he going to know that? And she kind of got to chip away and uh, do your best to get through to people, which is tough. It's real tough. And I, I think that that's, that's why your work should speak for itself. And also referrals speak for themselves. Like somebody sees you do good work. If you keep, I, people always say like, how did you start doing this? How did you, and I tried to do my best. And then people saw that. And then they passed me along to somebody else. Like she's good. She cares, blah, blah, blah. And if people know that about you, they see your work and they can vouch for you. That's everything. Yeah, I agree. I, I really think, that, think it is. Yeah, it's it's funny because if I had a real like methodology of thinking about, yeah, weird. But I think that you should basically say, like, if you want to be a filmmaker, I think you should just start doing whatever you can, and get better and better and better and better. And all you have to show is your best thing, whatever. Eventually, you're going to get to this next little level where someone independent hires you to do something or whatever you do that and you almost have to be it's like you want to be trusted by the person who's 10 percent of a step up from the last person or something like that yeah some small incremental step and you keep doing that and keep kind of moving forward on your own as much as you possibly can in terms of like creating stuff yeah and then hopefully getting to this next little step and then using that to do that to the next step um but it's tough. It's really tough because a lot of times that next step doesn't come for a long time. And I you feel know. like, can I do, can I keep doing this? It, it's very, very hard. It's very, very hard. I, it's funny. Cause while you were talking, like I just write down a couple of things that come to mind when we're talking. And one of the things I wrote down was longevity for you. Um, and I think that there's something to be said about uh, everything you just shared. It speaks to me that you you foster your relationships and that leads and your work and it leads to longevity in your, in your work and in these relationships, you're still working. You're still in the same band that you started. You say 2004. Yeah. Yes. And I, I, I you know, it's yes. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's uh, yes, I am. I I'm very dedicated to like the, th the, the thing that I'm in, you know, I, I, I know exactly. Yeah. Same podcast yeah. since we're coming up on episode 498 next week of the podcast. That is amazing. <laughs> we started in 2009. How about that for a, was there even a podcast before that? I don't know. Who knows? God yeah. damn. Wow. Congrats, man. Anybody that does any of this, and if you don't, it's a lot of work. Yeah. One of the things he just mentions is a lot of work. All of the things that you're talking about, Chuck, is a lot of work. I, and you have a relationship and you, you know, it, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. You, you sound like a hard worker. I don't know if you, how emotional you are uh, as a person. I'm very emotional, too emotional. Are I you? At dog stuff. Yeah. Does, Ever since I get a puppy, it's like, I can't watch the dog thing. I saw a video. There was like, it's this, it's this company that puts out videos on social media. A hundred percent of them end happy. But man, I can't take the first 30 seconds. It's like, oh, I can't. This dog lives under a hotel nope. in Norway in the snow. Nope. It's that it has footage. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. You don't understand. John like has compassion for me, but he also laughs at me because I will, no exaggeration, I will drive my car. And this has happened so many times. It's like not okay. Uh, I'll be driving my car and I'll be driving and I'll see like birds flying you know, under the underpass or over the overpass, whatever. And they're fine. But I have the thought 
that, oh no, we invaded their sky and now one of them is going to hit a windshield and I start to cry by myself in the car. I mean, it's like the thought of an animal getting hurt. I can't even, I'll say to John, I swear to God, he'll just like a hypothetical come up and I'm like, distract me, something else, something else, something, I, I can't. Say, it's a little crazy because you say when an animal gets hurt, no animals were hurt. You just made I, up a thing. I know. And like, exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. But yeah. my emotions went there so hard. And then for the rest of the day, I'm like, distract me. Like that can't, I have to like convince myself that it's not possible that it could happen. Cause I know a bird is going to get hurt sometime, someday. <laughs> and that hurts too much for me to think about. There's a French Disney world commercial with a GPI <laughs> duck. And it's a little duckling. And it finds like a page of like a Donald Duck comic book and it loves the page and it does all the same poses that Donald Duck does. And then it <laughs> rains and the comic book gets like swept away in the water and the duck is sad. And then it meets Donald Duck as like a mascot and sees Disney World and it's happy. I tear up every time I watch that commercial. I'm, thinking I'm like, I'm, right I'm getting a little bit misty. I, I need to see this commercial, but I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, I'm like it. it floated away. It went yeah, away. That's, I, that's like, oh. I'm done. I'm dead. I'm heartbroken. Yeah, so I'm very emotional, too emotional. So how do you, how do you, because that's, for me, I feel mm. like that affects my productivity. The Really? I do. I feel like I am so sensitive, so, so passionate. I care so much, but it's like, I'm so affected. I'm so, not in my acting. It, that's a good thing. Like it, I, you're should be affected in what you're talking about, but like, I'm just so sensitive. I feel like I'm so sensitive that like all the time something can make me sad or make me mad or give me some kind of negative emotion. And the work I have to do is what pulls me away from those emotions. So I'll have it to I'll be, like, I'll be like, oh, I have a deadline tomorrow of, of working on this video and it's going to take another seven hours to finish it. So I got to shut this off and I got to go to work and it helps me get away from it. See, I'm, I'm the same way because as when I'm in a space in my head, whenever I book a job, it's like, even if I'm dreading, dreading it, like, like, oh, I don't feel like talking. I don't feel like as soon as I'm in it, as soon as I have to be there, I'm out. I am completely into whatever I'm working on. And it's like, it's such a, it's such a savior. Yeah. I feel that's how, that's how I feel. It, I affect it, get affected by it, which is why like a lot of the time, like, you know, with all doing all this stuff, a lot of times like, yeah, like go, 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 go for like, honestly, sometimes it'll be like weeks or even months where it's like every day, all day is scheduled. Um, hard it's slow down since coronavirus started but that has happened to me and i think i was talking to my buddy brad actually our two most recent episodes were about our christmas history and everything we've done creatively for christmas because my band has recorded a christmas medley we've played a lot of christmas shows brad and i do a live comedy show every year called chuck and brad's best christmas show ever ah uh, it's 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 very i'm totally gonna i'm totally gonna totally gonna listen <laughs> it's the really comedy show we do. so we go have you been to the comedy connection in rhode island yeah. i know john has been there i think that's where i saw him perform okay yeah so yes so we go there we have a night where we host for christmas and we'll come uh. up with like three segments or sorry four throughout the night but there'll be a running story like for the first one it was like i in, in mark fictionalized characters i think we can put on the best christmas show however <laughs> Brad thinks we can't. And we have this big thing called the Christmas rule book. We really expect the audience to go along with us with this. And it says, if you put on the best Christmas show ever, then Santa Claus's personal choir will show up at the end and sing. Right? So there's the four bits we have during the show, which are different comedy segments and stuff. But running throughout those bits are, you know, there's the storyline of me saying we can put on the best Christmas show ever. At the end of the show, of course, the choir did show up and we did in fact put on the best Christmas show ever. But that's awesome. The whole thing is like kind of like an old school comedy thing. Like it's almost like a yeah. two minute thing. And we'll throw it, we'll throw to stand ups. We'll go backstage for, you know, whatever, seven minutes, 10 minutes, 15. And then we'll come back out and do another bit. Um, but we've done that stuff for like many years. We have a lot of Christmas podcasts. We do a lot of creative, big creative gifts for people, stuff like that. So our last two episodes were about all of our creative history with clips from old shows and clips from live shows and stuff like that. And I said to him, what is the percentage that you want between go, go, go and downtime? Cause I'm worried as I get older that the percentage I want is hundred percent go, go, go and zero downtime. And I, I crave downtime. And then I sit down 
and I feel guilty about it and I'd rather not stay in it and I'd rather get back to work. It's the balance, man. I, cause I, I, the, the too much down is not good for me. And I would be go, go, go. Like I used to book castings. It could be, and those days are really long. Like, you know how this stuff works and it would be days. And I would so look forward to the one day because, but that it's, it's one day. That's when you have to clean and do laundry and food shop. So it's not even actually a day. So it's like, I need some days, but I, I, I like I, video games. I mean, I was just on John's podcast, right? Yeah. I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2. I want to play the new Spider-Man for PS4. Yeah. I can't do it. I sit down and like, I, I, I can put time into my relationship with my girlfriend. Yeah. And that feels constructive, productive, and a good thing to do. Me by myself? Absolutely not. It feels like I cannot read a book. I can't read a comic book. I can't play video games because it's just for me and I should be doing something more responsible. It's a problem. That's... You know what though? But like, it's so interesting because like, there's that whole, like, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not good for anybody else. And so like, if you don't fill your well with whatever things that bring you joy that you can't give as much to all the projects you do to the people that you were with, in my opinion, that I may know. not be true. I know, I, I agree. I blew off my therapist twice recently. Uh, what? The of September and I haven't talked to her since September. I don't know if we're in a fight or whatever, but uh, I know I got to It's on talk you to her. reach out. It's on you. I think it is. <laughs> it is. I think Trust right. me, I, I've been in therapy many, many a years. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I should. I know. I think I should. I feel guilty. Yeah, it's. But you know what? That's it's so. God, not to get on a whole other thing, but in therapy, I realized and I've learned um, that, uh, and I learned this from the best therapist in the entire world, and he passed away last year. But he was my therapist for many years, like way over 10 years wow that's that's really tough i'm sorry to hear that through, thank you but he was um that's gonna be crazy if you if you lose a therapist so did you start over with a new therapist yes i did i have a, i have a new therapist that's nobody tough. will nobody will ever be norm that guy not only was he mm-hmm. the best therapist in the world he went to psychoanalytic school and he was so good but that so much what's important with therapists, if you don't know this, is the connection you have and the and how you can and the relationship itself. So all problems that arise, I think, within us and in the world can be worked out in the relationship with your therapist. Like mm-hmm. I learned how to be angry there. I used to walk around smiley all the time and the no, no, no. And he'd be like, Are you mad at me? Are you mad about this? And I'd be like, No, no, no. And then finally, after years, he's like, Your therapy's only gonna go so far until you can get angry here he unleashed a thing. Cause then I was like, can you shut up? Can you shut up? That's so annoying. <laughs> I don't say that too much to my therapist, but I hear what you're saying. It's, it was, I swear to God that he and having going through that. So it's uh, so much gets worked through for us. If we can speak up, if we can take an action for ourselves in that relationship, we can right. start to bring it out to the rest of the world. Right. I agree with that hundred percent. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. I got to go back and talk to Jessica. Yeah. Try and commit to yourself that you make the call or the text I will. or have it. I, I will. I will. It's it's <laughs> tough. I've had a busy. I've had a busy few months. But uh, I know. Back and forth to Jersey. I went back and forth three times in October. I know. And I went to Austin in November. Or maybe that was still in October too. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's. I trust me. I get it. It's really hard, and this time is makes it even harder. Um, yeah. You know what's funny is that uh, <laughs> from when I met you. Mm-hmm. I totally thought that you were going to be like a more subdued, kind of shy, quiet person. I'm wow. Shy, yeah. You are so not. Yeah, I'm not really, no. I mean, I, I might be in, in public. Like if we met at a party, I might be shy or, or preoccupied. But if I'm sitting down to talk about stuff I care about, I'm not. It's, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. You're very passionate about everything you talk about. It's really easy to talk to you, which is so nice. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think I have some kind of issue with, uh, like I said, the over exuberance. There's definitely an imbalance somewhere. And I figured out how to maximize some positives. I haven't figured out how to kick those negatives though. So, you know, <laughs> I know, I, dude, I know, which is partly why we do like why you keep moving. Mm-hmm. Cause you're trying to, yeah, dude, we're complicated. Yeah. Uh, dude, uh, there's so much, uh, that we can talk about uh, and we'll have to, we'll have to do this again, but there is, um, there is this part of my show that is called the feather in your cap. Okay. And 
by Feather in Your Cap. I, I love mean, that macaroni. You hear that story? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know that, that song? He stuck a feather in his cap and he called it macaroni. Called it macaroni. Oh my God, that's really funny. No, that was Yankee Doodle Dandy. It wasn't Columbus. We hate Columbus Wait. now, right? Do we hate Columbus? I, everybody hates Columbus, hate apparently. Columbus. Yeah, we, he's a terrible. Yeah, I hate him. I don't. I don't know. I like Squanto. Is Squanto friends with Columbus? Was he friends? I don't think so. What was I they watching? What's that? Were they around the same time, Squanto and Columbus? You're asking like the oh probably, but you're asking like the worst person. <laughs> yeah. I just was I just Columbus asked the first Thanksgiving. You might have been. <laughs> I think he knitted an AIDS blanket himself. I think he knitted the biggest one. That's why we hate him. I I, I would use one of those AIDS blankets to pull down the statue. I would do that. Yeah. Take that, Columbus. I don't oh my want, God. I'm not proving to you. Here, here what was right. I watching where they like attacked the statue? What show is it? Dude. Uh, oh my God. Every statue I see, I don't even do any, I don't even do any research. I don't care if it was if it came two days ago. I'm taking it down. I don't like statues anymore. <laughs> Screw the statues. Yeah. I, 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 I was just trying to figure out if there is a way, like a book I could read yeah. that would teach me everything that I never learned in school because I learned nothing because I was who's good and who's bad. Do we like Squanto? Right. Like I need a book. And there's my brother told me about this book a million years ago called uh, Bill Bryson's a history, uh, a history about like nearly everything or I forgot. But, uh, and I'm like, maybe that will help me know stuff in the world. Cause I don't know anything. I like learning about stuff. I just, I just found the story of Rudolph today. I just heard that for the first time. (laughs) For the first time ever? Well, not not the song. The actual story of the creation of Rudolph, the character. Where did he come from? Oh, I don't. Really? Yeah, he was. He owned was owned by a a department building. They wanted character. They they made him for advertising. They had someone come up with him for advertising. He was owned by a company. And guess what? When it was getting all famous, the guy who wrote who made him. He was all bankrupt because he uh, he was he was paying for a sick wife to be treated for cancer and she died. And he went to the company and said, I created Rudolph for you. You legally own it. Can I have it back? And they said, you know what? Yeah, you can have it back. You have the rights to Rudolph. Just like the Chappelle Comedy Central thing going on right now. It's the same thing. It literally is the same thing, but a million years wow. ago. Wow. Did you say I'm getting goosebumps? <laughs> I see. It's right. Chappelle is Rudolph. I, I've, I've been saying it for years. Wow. It's like, like yep. this. This is uh, that's, right. that's pretty amazing. I really thought you were screwing with me and I thought you'd never, you were like, oh, I've never, I don't know who Rudolph is. And I'm like, he's got a nose so bright. He finds the sleigh tonight. Come on. Yeah, that every reindeer should be female. No male reindeers have antlers during winter. So what's up with that, Rudolph? They don't? No. All right, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> Just telling you the truth. I'm not. I'm just telling you some facts. You want to know about Squanto? He facilitated the first Thanksgiving. He went to England. He was a slave. He came back. Everyone was too sick. All the pilgrims, they were sick because they never had been in a winter like this. And he said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to put you. I'm going to help all you guys, even though you go, you made me a slave in England. And they came back to health and they had a big Thanksgiving. How about that? How do you know this stuff? What do you learn? I Can you give me... Give me the name of the book. I need <laughs> it. Thing. I, I am so bad at history, but I love holidays. So I know all the holiday stuff. Rudolph, Quanto, that's it. Jack Skellington. It, it, it gave you it gave you antler information. I mean, we're we're winning here. We're winning. <laughs> I'll go on and on about Thanksgiving. Oh my God. I love it. Oh my God. All right. you you have to come on again. But I I totally I I either I cut you off or you cut yourself off. Either way. My fault. My fault. No, it's fantastic. Feather in your cap. Um, when I say that, I mean either something you've achieved, something you've learned, a piece of advice that you've been able to give to yourself or that you could give to yourself in the future based on something you've learned. I wanted to know if you have something that you'd share. Um, uh, this, is, this is kind of an accomplishment. It's also a secret. I never said this before on anything. I'm so honored. I've been in my band for a long time, still in the band. Um, but as years went on from like 2004 to 2000, I don't know, 14, 15 ish. Um, I realized it kept happening that no one was taking it as seriously as I was. Mm-hmm. And I slowly, slowly realized that not everyone I did work with video work, music work, whatever, really believed that they could actually have a career being creative. And mm-hmm. as time went on, 
when we got to the point of 2016 ish, 2017, I kind of decided I was going to transition away from taking music so seriously and focus more on film work and comedy. And because that seemed like I could actually find people who believed that we could do a creative project or creative mm -hmm. projects to make a living. And I was transitioning away from the band and taking it seriously. And I wanted to put out an album that was kind of like what I figured would be our last serious album of all my favorite stuff we ever did. Yeah. And I was reaching out to different labels. We've never, we never were signed or anything, reaching out to different labels. And one of our bands that really inspired us and made us, you know, believe in music is the band Less Than Jake. They're a punk ska band. Yeah, I grew and up with of, that. And one of them had a label called uh, Paper and Plastic Records. And I reached out to him, and just on a whim, because I reach out to people all the time. <laughs> We've and learned. He said that they would put out the album. And so when I was leaving, I was like, I'm like ready to like move on. We got signed to Paper and Plastic by one of the guys from Less Than Jake. And it was this huge moment where it's like the band achieved this thing. Yeah. And it was really weird and kind of vague behind the scenes, but it was all moving forward. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be kind of the, we made it to me for the band. Mm. And I'm not going to acknowledge this to anyone that I'm kind of transitioning away from music and taking something else more yeah. seriously. I'm not going to say that, but I want to do the most we can with this album release. I want to get a lot of coverage. I want to play a big album release show. Yeah. I want to get a lot of stuff out of it. And in my head, it was almost like emotionally the goodbye to taking the band seriously, yeah. was getting to that benchmark. And I think that now, after that happened, if you say to me, like, oh, tell me about your band, I could be like, we got signed by one of the guys from Less Than Jake to his record label. We were on paper yeah. and plastic. Fun yeah. was on paper and plastic. Anti-Flag was on paper and plastic. Like, we got wow. signed to that label. Yeah. We an album with them. We have, if you, if you Google our band name, like we have a million reviews. We have a, a million plays and all these different things now because of that. That's and amazing. I said that like, like basically that was when I was like emotionally like, okay, I'm stepping away from this a little yeah. bit. And then I was like, I have to kind of embrace it for one final point in time in my life. And I had to get back into it, make the album art, do the masters on the album, yeah, do all the promotion work, do all the pushing, do all the press, play the shows, whatever. And that's like, if I didn't do that, I think I would feel really unfulfilled with the band. Yeah. But the fact that we got to that level, it was almost like I could relax and emotionally make that less of a thing in my life. Yes. Because of that. But I never said that to anybody before. <clears throat> Pretty weird. Wow. I, I'm i so glad you shared that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've never said it before to anybody. Um, but that is wow. weird. That's it's. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. You know, I don't know. Let's call it. I think we came up with the album 2018. So let's call that about 14 years of work led to that. And I'm proud of that. Dude, that's really awesome. That's really I, significant and awesome. It's Thank tough. You. Music stuff is tough. And, uh, you know, yeah. it was, it was, uh, it was, it was really important to me that we, we got to that point. And I feel like if we didn't, I would feel so differently about the time I spent, hmm. which is really weird, really strange. I, it, it, I don't know. It's like, you know, they say life goes full circle. It kind of feels like if you wouldn't for you, maybe that was like the full circle of that. Like it completed itself and then it could live on or not live on. But like, then yeah. it was, I don't know. I, I can't explain it for you, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. It, no, I hear you. It's hear a really you. beautiful feeling. Yeah. That's good. awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, and I, I feel like I could, like, even if like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, even if my legs fall off tomorrow, my arms fall off and I can't play music at all anymore. Who knows? You never know. I could be like, well, we got signed to paper and plastic. And that's, that's, uh, you know, then people will be like, oh, you're in a serious band. Cool. And that's all that's, I need people to want to feel that way when I tell them about it. That's it. I Dude, I actually, I completely get it. There's something to me, you know, like, um, I was thinking about this, talking about longevity with you and like how you build your relationships and you, you speak about people and your experiences with them. For me, if I don't like leave a mark that like they were signed with blah, 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 or, she, you know, she was in this film. It's almost like, like a person didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I have, I have a hard time with that. Like that Maybe without, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe it's part of it. It's almost like a way that I can encapsulate the experience in a, in a way. It's like, you know, we did this, this, and this, and this, and we got signed to this record label of a band that inspired us to be a band. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like, oh, a, like a benchmark that it's like, holy shit, finally we got to this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah. That's really awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. Dude, you're, I'm really happy for you and all you're doing and your success. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to get to meet you and see you do your stuff live. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, but this was really awesome having you here. Yes, and you I'm happy to do it anytime. I love doing this stuff. This is, it's, it's really, I'm, you're totally going to come back on and tell, so tell everybody where they can keep up with you. Uh, I'll have it guys. I'll have it all posted with the podcast so you can see it, but just go ahead and tell them all of your good stuff. So uh, my podcast is the Chuck and Brad podcast. You can find us on any podcast app. Um, it's uh, Chuck, it's Chuck and Bradpodcast.com for our, you know, just our main website. I'm at discount Chuck on Instagram and Twitter. We're the Chuck and Brad podcast on Facebook, uh, you know, patreon.com slash T E S D for the tell them Steve Dave Patreon. I think that's it. That's pretty good. And you can look for senior discount on, on any of your, uh, you know, your music apps. And I'll say this, the Christmas medley is awesome. And it's great to listen to around Christmas. So if you want to listen to that, check out the Christmas medley by senior discounts. Really cool. We do like uh, eight songs. It's great. I I'm like the Christmas medley. I literally, um, I'm going to blast that like tomorrow morning. You're going to be surprised at how varied it is. It's really, really fun. I'm, I'm excited. It might be our recording that I'm most proud of. It was really, really fun. That's freaking awesome, man. That's what more can you ask for? That's fucking off. Excuse me. That's <laughs> effing awesome. I try not to curse, but it happens. So <laughs> awesome. You're allowed. <laughs> man, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being oh, here. Thank you very much for having me. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, for having fun with us. And uh, yeah, like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff that keeps us connected, keeps this thing going. And uh Check out all of all of Chuck's sites and all of his good stuff. Um, I definitely will be, and we'll see Chuck again for sure. Thank you so much, man. Thank you.